Before we start with the Word of God, I just uh, I want us to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your Word that you have given us. Thank you that your Word is alive and is operating. And I pray, Father, that you speak to each and every one of us this morning. Give us a hearing and obeying heart. Anoint me and Vova. Anoint me and Jomana, translating that each that each one of your children in your house today would understand what you are saying. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. Two weeks ago, I was on holiday, but we always tell you taking a vacation off of work is not taking a vacation from the Lord. Maybe some of you noticed that I was sitting here in the back, and our brother Vova uh, jumped on that blessing. Didn't he do a great job? So when I sat in the back, I was getting ready to hear the word that God put on Peter's heart. And if you remember, he gave a very encouraging uh, introduction to the message. And I am noticing that you're not laughing, probably because you forgot what he said. If you remember, he shared about all of the troubles that are in the world right now, about the financial problems in the world, the problems with oil. He didn't mention it, but we have, we're having big problems with water here in Israel. And after that introduction, I sat here and said, wow, we... We can't behave like the ostrich and bury our head in the sand and pretend like nothing is happening. Uh, it was important for me to be present in that meeting because I felt it the Lord said it was to do with what I need to say today to you. So as Peter was sharing that introduction to the message, God gave me this verse. Proverbs 18 verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Many of you know maybe that in God's grace, sometimes He gives me songs. And I'm not one to be very excited about receiving songs from the Lord. Because every song uh, I've received up till now was always accompanied by a tragedy or something difficult that has happened. I won't get into all the things that have happened to me, but I'll give you an example. Those of you who know the song Face to Face, Panim El Panim, after I've finished writing that song, I went out of my house. I slipped on the stairs and I dislocated my shoulder. And for two years I had pains in this shoulder. And the reason is because face-to-face uh, -face is to do with the, with the situation when Jacob uh, was wrestling with, with God. He wrestled with a man that was revealed to him. We know that it's the Lord Adonai. And he said, I've seen face-to-face. -face. I've seen Adonai face-to-face. -face. And as you know that that man uh, uh, struck Jacob in his hip and since then Jacob would limp. So this uh, past Sunday, the morning of the past Sunday, I received a song about this verse. It's still being edited, but that morning we also went, the pastors and wives, to the retreat. We, we arrived in the um, village or town Migdal near Tiberias and from out of nowhere this tractor came and hit our car. Praise God, we're all well and we're all okay. But the side of the car, the door, it's totally destroyed. And that was the beginning of our 24 hours together. And I was in the room, still shaken by what we've experienced, and said, Lord, you need to strengthen me. How can I focus on all these issues we need to talk about? And the Lord reminded me this verse. And it was interesting to me that it happened in Migdal. If you know the town Migdal, there is a tower in the center of that town, an ancient or old tower. And the name Migdal is, is, means tower in Hebrew, and the accident happened right by the tower, which means Migdal. And so the Lord started to speak to me. 
and he gave me this strength to climb up to that tower, and I found his peace. So this morning I want to talk to you about this verse because I believe there's something special in it for each one of us. The strong tower in biblical times was a, a tower in a certain area, and it was a place where it was like a fortress. It, it's a place where people would find defense. But it wasn't only a place of hiding and of defense, but it's a place where you're getting ready for the next battle. So this verse says that the name of the Lord is that strong tower, a place of defense, a place of uh, like a fortress, and a place you receive new strength to go out to the attack again. And it's also the place you will be exalted in or you will be safe and you will be uh, defended. Psalm 61, we won't turn there. Psalm 61, uh, verses 1 to 4. It says, For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower for the, from the enemy. Verse 3. So the name of the Lord is a place of safety and security. Anyone who believes can run and find security there. Who are these people who can make it to, these, to this tower? Who will run to it? The righteous. Not anyone can come to this tower. So we need to understand that Righteous is not exactly what we've always heard or been taught. One person, human being, can give a title of, to another human being that he's righteous. The Lord says, there is none righteous that will not commit sin, not even one. So who gives you that title righteous? The Lord. What, is, what does it mean to be righteous? I want to tell you something out of the Talmud. In the Talmud it says that in every generation there are 36 righteous people. If you, in Hebrew it's a saying where there is 36 righteous. And it means that the world abides or leans on these 36 righteous. It doesn't, it's not destroyed because of them. And there are hidden righteous people, nobody knows who they are. But as you know, if you walk down the street you'll see a sign uh, this rabbi, the righteous, this and this, is having this seminar or lecture. But righteous before God is a person who is upright and blameless, someone who fears God, and one that in his life, the way of the Lord takes priority above anything else. But it's like also a person that is found guilty of an offense, but was equated before God. He was vindicated from any guilt, any accusation. And it, it, this is called a person who has been made righteous or justified. In the Word of God, we are taught that we are justified only by faith in Yeshua the Messiah. You can be a man that, that, or, or woman who does many good deeds, but that doesn't make you righteous. If you don't have a, a, a an offering or a sacrifice to atone for your sin, you can't be righteous. So in, so in Proverbs here, he says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous will run to it and be exalted. If you want a safe place, a strong tower in your life, you need to know God. You need to walk in God's ways. I want to focus on a, a, a very important part of this verse. And that is the name of the Lord. The strong tower is the name of God. In the Word of God, we read many, many names about many names of, of God. 
This morning, we don't have enough time to cover everything, but I want to look at a few names. We see that in the Word of God, God reveals Himself in different circumstances and different names. Or, in different circumstances, people have gone through a certain experience and therefore give that name to God. Those of us who have children, we've been, we're used to giving names to our children. Why do we give them names? So we can recognize who they are by hearing them and by the fact that when we call by their name, they answer us. Some would give their names to uh, their children because of family uh, reason. So I think because of family uh, <laughs> uh, disagreements, maybe they don't give only one name, they give three names or two or three names to a child. You have the name that you receive, but they also sometimes give you these nicknames. And usually only close people to you would know these nicknames. Now you know Luan in her name Luan, but she has another name. And it's a name that only me and her use. And it's Boo. <laughs> Boo, that's the name. Now I'm sure that you also have special names that you give people who are close to you. And sometimes believers pray that God will give them the name for their child. At least that's what we have done and we believe God gave us the names for our children, for our girls. Some give a name because it's modern or, or beautiful, or it's to do with the culture. What I like about the immigration from uh, Iraq, which my father came, came in, is that almost all of the names that, uh, of Iraqi people are biblical names. And I, for instance, received the name Daniel because of my grandfather. But there is Ezra, Nehemiah. You can find all these names in, the, in that, uh, that old-time immigration from Iraq. We won't go there, but in Genesis uh, 25, we have the story of the birth of Jacob and Esau. And when Rebekah was going to give birth, the, f the first one that came out was Esau. It says that he was, uh, he was like a hairy garment all over. And I thought about it, that it was probably such a shock for Rebekah. All you mothers here, you've given birth. Uh, imagine suddenly you give birth to a baby and he's covered with hair. And the neighbors come to say, and, and it's, you know, to say what a beautiful baby. But they gave him the name Esau because of the way he looks. And then Jacob comes out, and it says that he held on to his brother's heel. And therefore he was given the name Jacob after the name heel, which is Akev and Yaakov in Hebrew. So we see that names were given to people because of different uh, experiences and things that have happened. We won't turn there, but in Genesis chapter 16 and verse 11, we have the story of Hagar, which gave birth to Ishmael. And the angel of the Lord is revealed to her and says that his name will be Ishmael. In a similar way, the Lord reveals to uh, Abraham to give the name Isaac, Yitzchak, to his son. There are circumstances where the names are given because God has given that name or because of different circumstances. And also, God gives names because they um, have in them a, a calling. God brings Noah to the world, and Lemech, his father, says, I will call him Noah, which comes from the word Nechama in Hebrew, which is comfort and rest, because this one will give us comfort and rest from our toil and labor 
and from the uh, hard labor of our hands from the earth that was cursed by the Lord. In the New Testament, uh, the angel Gabriel comes and is revealed to Joseph, and he says to him, he says to him, the child you're going to have for Miriam is Yeshua, and Yeshua is, the name Yeshua is given because he will save his people from his, their sins. But sometimes God will intervene and will change existing names. You can read in Genesis 17 that God changes the name for Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. When Jacob wrestled with the angel, Jacob is the name given by his parents, but what name was he given when he wrestled with that man? He gave him the name Israel. Luke 42, Luke 12, 42, I think, but it says, it says that uh, Yeshua changes Peter's, uh, or Simon, Simon's name to Peter. He says, you are Peter. So maybe God will intervene in your life sometime and change your name. Because it, although in our days it's not so difficult, you can go to the Ministry of Interior and just change your name. Sometimes I meet people, they don't like their names, and they change their names. By the way, I just want to touch on this issue of the Kabbalah and the Zohar, which is the book of the Kabbalah. And I would say do not even go and just don't even look at it or deal with it. But it deals very strongly with everything to do with names. And they say that they have a way to test if your name is uh, the cause of blessing or a curse in your life. Maybe you heard about Madonna, a famous singer. She got the new name, Esther. She started to deal with the Kabbalah, and so she received a new name, Esther. I remember that I was with a couple, and their baby in hospital, and the baby was just sick, and they went to a rabbi to check if that name was okay, because the condition was bad of that baby. And they wanted to see that the name is not the cause for that. Let's take a few moments to talk about the names of God. In the Word of God, the three main names that you will see of God are Elohim, which is God, Adonai, which is Lord, and Yehovah or Jehovah. Don't get offended because I'm saying this name explicitly, Yehovah. But these are the three names which are mostly used in the Bible. So the rabbinical uh, uh, way is to prohibit people from saying, they say you're, you're forbidden from saying the name Yehovah. And if you speak to religious people, you will hear them saying Elohim with, with a K uh, and not Elohim with an H. Or they say Hashem, the name, or blessed, the one who is blessed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or Ribbon Olamim, the sovereign, eternal sovereign one, eternal sovereign one, and different names that describe God. Now there are two reasons why they came to that conclusion. One of our commandments in the Ten Commandments is you shall not um, proclaim in, uh, in vain the name of the Lord. So this is their way to prevent people from uh, even accidentally just pronouncing the name of God. So if I accidentally mention the name of God, I didn't really say God. I said Elohim. So I have a way of escape. Because there is punishment for the one who pronounces the name of God in vain. 
And I would say that the part of that thinking is understandable and we shouldn't use in vain the name of God. Sometimes in conversations, sometimes in conversations with people out, outside and, you know, you'd hear them just using the name of God even as a swear word or just not reverently. The other uh, reason for this is to do, like I said, with the Kabbalah and the Zohar, the book of the Kabbalah. Because what they say is that the usage or pronunciation of the explicit name of God can give supernatural powers to the one pronouncing it. They took three verses out of the book of Exodus, and they've put it parallel or one next to the other. And the three letters of each verse from down, up and down, they say it's one of the names of God. And together there are 72 names or letters. 72 names, and in each name there is a special unique power that you can use, or a special blessing. And I have one thing to say about it, it's, it's uh, absolute nonsense. And you know who said this as well? Maybe he didn't say it exactly like this. The, it's, it's a guy called Rambam. The Rabbi Moses, son of Maimon, that was a guy, that was his name, he was a rabbi. Rambam is his, uh, how you, in short, that's how you call him. And he was a doctor, he was a philosopher, uh, and he was a, a intelligent and a, a scholar. He, f he lived in the Middle Ages in Egypt, and when he heard about these things, he just said, it's all nonsense. Don't think that necessarily everything taught in the Kabbalah or the Zohar book is immediately accepted in the Jewish world. There are many people who object to that. Now you need to understand that the people who go into these things, they look for the power without wanting to change. And that is witchcraft. That is uh, witchcraft. Yeah. The, these people say, I want a change in my life in the sense of a blessing or more success, but actually it doesn't cost them anything. I can really li continue to live my life just as I am. And that's why you see many people go into this and many famous people go into this. We're not going to go too much into that. But the three most commonly used names in the Bible for God are Elohim, Adonai, and Jehovah. God, Lord, Jehovah. What does it mean, Elohim? It is the plural form of El, the word El. And that signifies greatness, sovereignty, he is a, a maker and a creator. If you look in the book of Genesis or, or, or the first chapters of Genesis, you'll see only the name Elohim. Then we've got Adonai, Lord, and then it means uh, greatness and it means lordship, uh, the owners of a slave, a governor and a ruler. In the uh, ancient world, uh, the slave would call uh, his master Lord. And then we have the name Yehovah. Jehovah, and it's also called the explicit name of God, and many people believe in a sense that this is the first name of God, because if I say God, I can also use the name God for other gods. If I say Lord, it could also be used for other lords, but when you say Jehovah, this is only to do with God who is Jehovah. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 6. Here God speaks with Moses. Exodus 6, remember that we started in Proverbs where it says that the name of God, the name of the Lord, is a strong tower, the righteous will run to it and be exalted. 
chapter 2. In uh, chapter 6, verse 2, And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Verse 3, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name Lord, or Jehovah, I was not known to them. God here says to Moses, I revealed myself to, the for to your forefathers as El Shaddai, God Almighty, but I never revealed myself to them in the explicit name that I have, Yehovah. But to you, I show and I reveal this name. Three chapters back, in chapter 3, we have the story of the burning bush. And there Moses received his calling to go to Pharaoh and release his people from captivity and bondage into freedom. And Moses, who was a shepherd for 40 years, he receives a calling like this, very radical change in his life to go and stand before the most powerful ruler in the world back then and to say to him that God says send my people free let my people go let's read chapter 3 Exodus verse 13 Moses is in a conversation here with God then Moses said to God indeed when I come to to the children of Israel and they say and I and say to them the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses doesn't know what God's name is. They will ask me, What is his name? And verse, verse 14, God says to him, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The most uh, common interpretation for this name or commentary on this name is, I, ha I remain the one that I always have been. I was always and forever will be the same. And in the same way that I was with your forefathers, I will also be with you. I will help you in every trouble. And I think he w Moses personally wanted to know who this is, this God that he's serving, how will I call him? And I am, or in Hebrew, Eheyeh, is to do with the name Yehovah. I always have been, I always am, Hove, I always am here with you, I never change. You shouldn't think that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a different God than today. He is always the same. And when I am in a place where I need help, the first thing that I need to know is that the same God that helped my fathers is the same God that is here now to help us doesn't matter what situation you're in. You should always know that He is with you. He is Eheyeh. In Genesis 22, verse 14, we have the story of, uh, of Abraham taking Isaac to Mount Moriah. And you remember the story. God says to Abraham, Go, take up your son, your only son, and sacrifice. Offer him, him up to me. And that moment when Abraham was going to kill his son, it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him and that he stopped him and that and there there and then God uh, Abraham gave God a name what is the name Abraham gave God Yehovah Yireh or Jehovah Jireh he is always present he sees what you are going through and I think for Abraham you know the experience he went through if anyone of us would have to go through this we probably after that need to go to a psychiatrist or psychologists and just work through the trauma 
But God, but Abraham knew that God is the one who sees Adonai Yireh. He sees what is happening in your life. It's not he's not only on your side with you, but he also knows everything that happens in your life. If anyone here thinks that God has forgotten them, don't think that way. He knows everything. He knows everything about our life so much so that he numbered the hairs on our head. I know there are people here who have maybe more hair and some who have less hair. Sometimes I look at pictures um, that I, of myself when I was 18 and I think I had so much hair back then. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful to know that even when people don't see your hair and you don't have hair, you have hair? And it's like my wife always tells me that the hair never falls out. It only starts to grow inwardly and then comes out of your ears. But he knows everything. He knows. No matter what condition or situation you're in. In Exodus 15, verse 26, God reveals himself to the people of Israel and says to the people, I am the Lord, your healer. It's not only that he's with you, not only does he see what happens in your life, but he's also able to heal you from anything. And his healing is complete, it's whole. It's a healing in your spirit, in your soul, in your body. If you need healing, then run to the strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. That's where we will find everything that we are in need of. Exodus 17 verse 15. After the war that Israel had with the Amalekites, God gives them an amazing victory. Moses brings and builds an altar and he calls God by the name Yehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. How many of you need a miracle in your life? Then go to the strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And it doesn't matter what situation it is and how much it's against all odds, He is above everything. And He says to us, if you believe, then you will see the glory of God. And listen, He's not only a God that is able to uh, correct or help in situations which are towards the end, terminal situations. It's like Martha and Miriam, they believed God, Yeshua, could heal Lazarus when he was sick. Not only raise him when he, when he was dead, but when he was already dead and he was in the tomb. So then we think, no, that's it. There's no, no way. But don't think that way. God can take something which is dead and give it life. You know how he does that? He does that because he can do it because he's God. We are not. He is the one that created heaven and earth. The one in whose palm of his hand our, our, our life is held. He is the one that raises up kings, exalts them, and, and brings them down. Do you believe that this is the God that you are believing in, you are serving? If he is God that did all of this, then why do I suddenly start to worry when all these little things start to happen? Believe. He is Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. Psalms 23. King David calls, David calls God Jehovah Roi, the Lord my shepherd. And he says to him, you are my shepherd. You are my shepherd. You are the one who leads me. Not only that, you are the Lord my shepherd and I shall not want. I will want nothing because nothing, I will be lacking nothing. Everything that I need, you will give to me. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. He is the Lord, our shepherd. We need to know that, believe in that, we need to walk in that.
He will fulfill and provide for all of our needs in Judges 6, verse 22. Gideon calls God and says to him, You are Yehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is peace. And he really needed peace because he thought he was going to die. After he understood that he saw God face to face, and of course he was reminded of what God said to Moses, no one can see me and live. And so he was overwhelmed with fear. But God said to him, don't worry, it's okay, you will live. And he calls God Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is peace. We need peace. The things happening around the world, like we heard from Peter last week, there is there is a place where we can find God's peace even in the midst of a storm. It is a tower, and you need to climb a tower. And climbing that tower can be sometimes difficult. The peace is over there, but you need to get to it. And that day, it took me a few hours until I could climb and I could reach the top. And I want to encourage all of us. When you see a brother who is having a hard time climbing to that tower, a brother or a sister, help them. Help them to climb up to that tower. It'll be easier. It's one of the wonderful things about the body of Messiah that we can encourage and help each other in difficult times. Pick up a phone. These names we've mentioned, we've prayed for healing. Don't forget them. And I want to encourage you when you come on Shabbat to the Keilah, bring in with you a notebook and a pen. And when we mention the names of those needing prayer for healing, write down their names. Remember them throughout the week. Pick up a phone and call them if needed. But let's help them to come to that tower. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. We usually uh, traditionally end the meeting here with reading the Aaronic blessing. Let's read verse 22. Numbers 6, 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, Verse 24, The Lord bless you and keep you, that is, Yehovah. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. 27, notice this. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. In Second Temple uh, period, when it was active, in the Day of Atonement, uh, when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, it says that he would, men he would mention the name of God ten times, the explicit name of God. And it is, uh, there are testimonies uh, saying that when the people would hear the explicit name of God, they would fall on their face before God. But with, with the years, uh, this name, like we've seen, has come out of our language, our lexicon. We don't say that anymore. Although some people are trying to bring that name and restore it. But the name of the Lord must be on us. And each one of us, doesn't matter if you come from a family of a Kohen or not, but we are all priests unto the Lord. And you know what it said on the head covering of the priest, the high priest? It said, Holiness unto Yehovah, unto Jehovah. The name of the Lord on each and every one of us. One name can't contain everything God is. And every time I need something in my life from God, then there is always one name that I can turn to. You need healing? He is the Lord your healer. Do you need a miracle? He is Jehovah Nissi, the Lord your miracle. 
everything. He will provide and has provided. I want to read uh, verses from Acts, Acts chapter 4. Are you with me this morning? You haven't fallen asleep, I hope. If you're going to fall asleep, I'm just going to preach to myself. Acts chapter 4. We know, uh, all of us know that for years there is an attempt to try and blur out and wipe out the name of Yeshua. And you know that they've even changed his name uh, into a, a curse, a name which is a curse name. They're trying to wipe out his name from any book possible. So many lies have been, uh, have gone out regarding Yeshua. Even in the Tanakh, there are a few places where the name Yeshua appears. But today you won't find someone who carries the name Yeshua. You'll find Yehoshua, Joshua, but a very uh, methodic, systematic uh, way of just trying to wipe out the name of Yeshua. In Acts chapter 4, Simon, uh, Peter, and John, two of the disciples of Yeshua, have, have performed a miracle and a lame man began to walk. And so they brought them before the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, because many people were amazed. Something happened, we've never seen something like this. Verse 5, And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were in the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. All of the important people at that time, all those who, who were uh, influential, all those who had power and authority. And they asked them, verse 7, By what power or by what name have you done this? The end of verse 7. What you've done is not normal. But we want to make sure and we want to find out what power did you use and what name did you use to do this? And they replied to them, in order to answer a question such as this, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done on a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Yeshua the Messiah of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. They say to them that in the name of Yeshua it happened. Verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. Healed or saved, it's the same word. True healing and true salvation, they come only through Yeshua the Messiah. Why do I say the true? Because there are many things which are not true. There are forces of darkness and forces, powers of witchcraft, and they can do things which are supernatural. There are people in Africa, tribes in Africa, where they have these witch doctors, they do things which will cause your hair to stand on end. But it's not real or true in a sense, because the true power is not it's not power that only grants you physical healing, like I was lame, now I walk. I didn't have a job, now I have a job. But this power, it changes you from the inside. He saves you. His name will be called Yeshua, so that what? So that He would perform miracles in your life? That He will give you a job that you're waiting for? No, because He will save Yoshia, His people, from their sins. Only in this name, 
there is salvation and everything you need. And I encourage you, brothers and sisters, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and there we can find everything we need. Don't come to the Lord only because of the fish and the loaves of bread. Come to Him because you need Him, you need His salvation. There are many magicians out there, they can perform many of these things for you. But the one who's going to change us from the inside, the one who's going to draw us close and bring us to God the Father, is only Yeshua the Messiah. Let's stand, please. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. A righteous shall run to it and be exalted. Lord God, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. To our forefathers and throughout the generations, you have revealed yourself in many ways. But in these last days, you reveal yourself to us by Yeshua, your only Son. And in Him, we have all that we need. And I pray, Father, you help each one of us to believe, to trust in you. And when the enemy would chase after us, and when this world becomes a heavy burden to us, thank you that there is a tower, a tower of strength, a strong tower, where we can run to and find shelter, we can find safety and security. Father, teach us to climb and come to that tower every day, to hide ourselves in that place, in your holy presence. This morning I have mentioned different names of God. If you need a miracle in your life, if you need healing, if you need salvation, if you are worrying and you need the peace of God to rule in your hearts, then come to Him. He is here and He wants to touch you. This place here in the front, and it's all available for you to come. You can come and you can climb to that tower. And I believe He will give you a breakthrough in any area that you would need it. I want to invite our prayer team to come and just stand with these people in prayer.
Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace in the name of Yeshua the Messiah.